Hey there. Welcome, comrades, to the Antifa News Podcast. I'm your host, Miguel, allegedly. And I've got a special announcement for you today, along with a very special guest that, uh, well, we're excited to talk to. But we wanted to go ahead and welcome you to the podcast, which is an anti-fascist analysis of our local, state, and national headlines. Um, you know, we try to keep people updated and specifically on what's going on in the Pacific Northwest and the capital of Washington, Olympia. Um, but it's very important for these Pacific Northwest shows of solidarity and working together, especially especially as anti-fascists and the problem that we have with Proud Boys all over both of our states in Oregon and Washington. And so going to that, I'd uh, like to make that special announcement and introduce our special guest today. So I wanted to go ahead and introduce David. David, if you want to say hi or whatever you want to say. Hello, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, formalities, such and forward. I really don't know what else to say, but yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, appreciate it. And we appreciate you being willing to be now a part of the network to help us you know, continue sharing anti-fascist news. Um, so the, uh, the reason that we're talking to David today is very important. Because if you've been paying attention to the Antifa News Network and the things we've been putting out, we've been warning people about August 22nd for quite a while. It started with that, uh, that zine that we made about a month ago right-wing terror in Salem and Portland because there were multiple, multiple events that were expected to occur, including the Church at the Planned Parenthood, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but most importantly, August 22nd. Now, um, for those of you that don't know, August 22nd is a repeat, and it's an anniversary that the fascists are throwing of what happened last year in Portland, Oregon. And this is why it's also great to have David on the show, David is a correspondent from Portland, you know, helps defend the town, and it's very, very important, and we really appreciate having him on. So, yeah, the, the reason that we're talking to David today is because David was on the ground, allegedly, August 22nd, allegedly. Um, allegedly. Allegedly, very much allegedly. <laughs> um, now, David, I, I'm, I'm curious, how, how did you see these events start to develop? Because, you know, from what I've seen in Olympia, and from what I've seen as an anti-fascist journalist is that, you know, the, these events aren't precursed by nothing. You know, they don't just happen out of nowhere. They don't just have a big rally that shows up in their town. Would you want to tell us a bit about what led to August 22nd? You know, I want to say that it's, in my opinion, it's been a long road. Um, I had been allegedly out on the streets uh, a few times for actions dating back to up to maybe eight years ago. There's always a small gathering. They were almost always outnumbered. And you had these little pop shops come up here and there. And then sometime around 2016, 2017, you start seeing uh, alt-right groups like Proud Boys, Patriot Prayer, and other Patriot types popping up kind of almost seemingly randomly. The organization was loose. They mostly caused terror and left. It was a, a quick hit and move job. And then they got out of town before the, the sun had even touched the ground. Leading up past that, you had the whole uh, George Floyd uprising in uh, 2020, starting in late May. You had Chud types that would constantly circle the protests. You had car attacks. We had uh, you know, IEDs thrown at us. On occasion, uh, guns were brandished. And from there, I feel it is uh, their frustration with the movement, their lack of understanding, and the opposition to everything that they hold, uh, that they started organizing and wanting to come in and disrupt our space. Uh, you know, in a, in a, I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> Marked. I feel like they wanted to kind of, you know, come in and hold space of their own here to disrupt, cause trouble, and get their message across with what they called uh, a flag wave. Um, the first one that I noticed of this that had notable fash, we're talking, you know, Haley Adams, uh, Skyler, Swinney, uh, Black Rebel, 
the, the faces you can always recognize because they, they definitely do put themselves out there. Oh, they love to. That would have been, oh, yeah. It's, you can't stop them. You can't. I mean, I get the idea of being anti-mask, but, like, my God. <laughs> These guys are so, so visible. Yeah, they want to uh, be in the camera. <laughs> oh, yeah, they want to be the center of attention. Mm-hmm. And that would have been August 15th. And A15 is the day that uh, Skyler, I think it, the last name is Jurgensen, Jurgen, I can't pronounce it. Um, he shot at me. Uh, I very visibly watched him brandish a gun as he drove out of the car park over off 4th and Taylor. And I saw that video, yeah. Two shots right out. Um, mm-hmm. I was there with a few friends. It was a small crowd that had broken down to probably about 50 50 to 60 anti-fascists and maybe about 20 to 30 of them. They were run out pretty easily and felt the need to, to shoot from a handgun to two nine millimeter rounds. We found the casings. I am very lucky to have not been hit and to have survived such a thing. Wow. Now was Skyler, did Skyler ever face any charges for what happened? I remember reading that there was nothing that had happened for a while. And then I think about two weeks later, I could be wrong on the timeline. He was booked and charged for, I believe, menacing, brandishing a weapon. Uh, kind of, I, I don't think any of the charges stuck. He is still out on the streets and has Absolutely. been uh, very visible at actions um, within the past couple of weeks here in Portland. Which we will definitely get into what happened there. But so, so A15 happened. Um, this was when they were run out of town. They shoot at you. What happens next? Exactly one week later, it's Saturday, August 22nd, and the call goes out. They start making it an amalgamation of QAnon conspiracy believers holding banners with their slogans, uh, where we go one, we go all. They have their, you know, save our children banners stating, you know, like we need to unmask our children. And you had all these just crazy conspiracy theorists from Q. You had Tiny show up there, even though he's mm-hmm. on probation and not allowed to be at any politically motivated anything in Multnomah well, County. Uh, when, when, did th- when did that start, by the way? Uh, I believe that was a contingency about uh, the Cider Riot incident that happened in 2019 in conjunction with uh, a few other incidences where he was being charged. I okay. do not have any info right now at this yeah. time. No, we'll definitely, we'll talk about him another episode, because that is one of the most extreme fascists out there, and I don't, I'm not familiar with the Cider Riot, so this would be good to, you know, talk about in depth. Um, so August 22nd, I'd like to ask, did the people of Portland have as much know-how that this event was going down, or much of a forewarning as they did for this event? I believe it was almost a day or two after August 15th that flyers started going out, I believe from Audra Price, who is, Hmm. I believe the founder of Cops Northwest. She started putting out, you know, oh, we we won the day, August 15th. Like we, we totally kicked their asses. Like, let's do it again. Flag wave, Patriot types, like everybody come out. Mm -hmm. And literally everybody was there. All the big names in Fash, people from Salem, uh, like David Willis and uh, a few other people just, they're, they're also easy to point out, and they're there. Oh, absolutely, especially David Willis, because I just want to point out for <laughs> listeners to the network, we've talked about him a few times before. He threw a bomb at a group of anti-fascist counter-protesters on December 5th, 2020, in front of the United Churches of Olympia, you know, and it's on video as well, easily accessible. But, you know, David Willis is absolutely somebody we should be watching out for this time around. So, you know, with August 22nd, how, how did y'all organize against them? It was pretty much once the flyers went out on their side, flyers for a counter-protest went out immediately. They called for their meeting to be at Portland's Injustice Center, and we said, you know what, right across the street, we're going to meet at Tom McCall Park. (laughs) We had uh, kind of a few different affinity groups that showed up to to make flyers and organize. I want to say that the YLF had their own flyers going around for a while. And then whoever wanted else to just throw in on artwork and stuff, and the call went out. And it was like very akin to what we're seeing with the flyers going out right now. It's, you know, all out Portland. Everybody needs to get their ass out here. Everybody needs to come out because when it boils down to it, it's a numbers game. 
And if there's more of us, they're going to be less prone to attack or start any shit. Mm-hmm. And I feel that's that's it. It's numbers. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, this protest is, or this counter protest is organized against their fascist mob entering and being right in front of the Injustice Center. Tell me all about it. I mean, what's what's your experience that day? This, this is a very intense day that, you know, a lot of people look at as kind of one of the biggest battles between the fascists and the anti-fascists in America. So, yeah. So looking back and thinking, okay, you know what? I went out there for August 15th. There was maybe at most 40 of them at one time. They broke up. Yeah, we were shot at. Nobody got hit, but it wasn't that bad. There was a few instances of bear macing. It was mostly just running around and screaming at people. So I went kind of in more of a light block situation. I didn't take a lot of gear with me. I still took, you know, basic precautionary stuff, med, gas mask, and went with a few friends from my AG. And we got out there and we showed up a little late to the party. And there's about, I want to say 500 chuds, <laughs> like a wall with huge wooden shields their shields they're using these long galvanized like either nails or uh screws and they're poking out about a good four inches from them so if anybody gets close they're just poking into people mm-hmm. you got all the big name fash sitting up on the stairs probably about 15 to 20 patriot types with uh full open carry even a few boogs were over there too you see their hawaiian shirts from a mile away and they're off to the side they're literally standing there, you know, talking to cops and literally I can only see shooting the shit with them and hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in the back of the crowd. It's all black block. It's all this just like mutual aid groups. There's distributing water. There's calmness. It's kind of chill. I cracked a beer because <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to raw dog this kind of a fight i'm gonna sit here and like try and relax and keep my nerves down a little bit and saw some local uh anti-fascists and sat down and talked for a bit it was not necessarily calm but nothing was happening yet it was a lot of chanting back and forth a lot of screaming and then it just kept filling in i'm not really the best in estimating a crowd size but i would say in total maybe close to 1500 people um, maybe, I, I don't know. It probably could have been way less, but it felt that way. The crowd seemed huge and it went from kind of sitting around and talking one second to looking over and watching somebody take what looked like an IED or could have been a mortar straight to the chest. It was this loud bang. Wow. I watched this guy get knocked back probably about five feet. He was unconscious. And then all hell breaks loose. Um, I noticed that I got a bit of a laser pointer or something in the eye because I it just blinded me for a second. I look with the eye that didn't get hit with it, and I got somebody across the street pointing a rifle at me and using their laser finder on it to try and blind me. I get behind a tree, check on my friends, make sure that the guy who just got hit, you know, he's got medical attention. He's being carried out. His shirt was burnt and skin was exposed underneath. Um, he wasn't in full block. And whoever threw that had some sort of aim. There was definitely a plan there. It looked way too timed. It was very, very intense start to what would become a very major battle. Um, I started checking in with press. I started checking my feeds. I started uh, pretty much kind of going through the comms check. Where is everybody? What do we need? What do we want to do? Allegedly, I stood in the back lines. Well, in the back, probably about the middle. I like to think of myself as kind of midline. If something's happening on the front and somebody gets injured, I can drag them to a medic to safety. If somebody in the back needs to run a message to the front, I can do that as well. It is the idea that I'm, I'm trying to be the fluid between, between the two sections. Mm-hmm. I got caught on the front lines with a friend at one point, and it was god-awful. There's rocks being thrown, eggs the whole air, if it's not being constantly peppered with bear mace, it still lingers. So I put on my mask and I get sprayed with uh, a can of what I think was Raid, which is, (laughs) 
that was a new one for me. I had never seen that. I don't know what that does to the human body, but I can only assume it's not good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I spent some time doing that. There was multiple skirmishes that broke out. Multiple times, Chuds had just straight up pulled guns. There's the uh, infamous picture of Alan Swinney with a what looks like a Colt 44 Frontier old Western like gunslinger type pistol, well six shooter, and he's got the hammer cocked, his finger on the trigger, and one eye closed, looking down. Uh, like he's supposed to be looking down the barrel, but he's looking right into the camera. And he's got, I think he's still got his little like cigarello like hanging out of his mouth. And that's some scary shit. When you see that in person, you're like, okay. And he's completely muzzle sweeping the entire crowd. Like any one of you could get it. Yeah. Seeing that in person is horrifying. Because in a situation like that, one person shoots, everybody else is going to open up. They're going to think, okay, where'd that come from? Hmm. Who cares? Let's go. Somebody shot. It's the idea of, you know, who punches first. And I assume I assume that their crowd of the Patriot types were way more heavily armed, right? Correct. I That'd be a massacre not, of anti-fascists. Yes. I would say easily probably about 20 to 25 AR-15 M4 style rifles in that crowd. Um, yeah, it would have been it would have been an absolute slaughter. Well, yeah, so there was stuff like that happening. There was pockets of brawling where their shield wall was mostly plywood. So, they, you know, you got kids running up and kicking them. Some of them cracked. Sometimes their people would come out between their shields and just swing wildly with not even batons, but like metal bars, like long, like maybe up to three foot long metal lead pipes. Um, I saw a few people get there arms absolutely obliterated um i watched robert evans get his hand broke which was kind of sad i walked up to him afterwards and i asked him i was like are you okay and he was like i'm fine but i'm gonna find that motherfucker (laughs) and just walked away i was like cool and for listeners to the podcast robert evans is i mean a brilliant journalist but also does uh behind the bastards uh it it could happen here. That's another great one. Multiple good podcasts on the left, you know. So he was on the ground with you. Yes, he was on the ground reporting that day. There were uh, a lot of reporters out there that day that were frontline just trying to get information, trying to tell their story about what was going on. Um, Yeah, it, it broke into these pockets of fighting. There was a lot more shit being thrown, and this went on for about two hours, I want to say. I lost track of time. You know, it's maybe in the 90s. I'm wearing mostly black. It's hot. It's sweaty. It's almost humid from the amount of people being around there. The only way I could describe it was like going to one of the most hardcore metal shows I've ever been to in my entire life. <laughs> but everybody had weapons. Yes. And the and pit was... Shows. Yeah. So when stuff started dissipating, the, the chuds kind of got pushed back so far against the Injustice Center, even though they had a well-organized shield wall. And that's not a compliment. It's just what it mm-hmm. was. They they dug in. They got pushed back still. Plywood does break when applied with pressure. <laughs> it's, a, it's just nature. Yeah. Um, so they start spreading out left, right. And if you're not familiar with the uh, Injustice Center, it's pretty much its own little like square block Mm -hmm. where it's just one building. So they get pushed around and that's when the divide happens and they start to break south and a few of their friends get cut off uh, to the north and they book it. I'd say probably about 30 or 40 of them book it around uh, the IJC to try and regroup with them. That's when anti-fascists, you know, they kick in with just pelting them with whatever they can find there was they they dropped Trump flags, they dropped their thin blue line flags. We put them in a pile of dirt right then and there. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> they start taking their time. They all start just completely like splitting off. Pandemonium. They don't know no exit plan whatsoever. They're not looking for each other. They're not even really looking at what they're running away from. They're running, 
And that was to me just the absolute epitome of cowardice. Like we came here, we're, we're going to do this. Like, let's fight. We threw a punch and then we ran, which is, it's constantly there. There am I? Yeah, literally anywhere they go. So they, anywhere they go, uh, they get to a few of the car parks. There's some drama, some guns are pulled. They ram through the little like uh, safety arm thing that goes up when you pay its mm-hmm. ticket. It probably has a name. They peel out there. There's people trying to spike their tires. They kind of start to make it out. A few of them linger. But that's when all of the cops come out. And not just like 20 or 30 riot cops. Like 50, 75 heavily armored riot cops. The LRAD comes out. It looks like I'm back at any normal night out at a DA. Hmm. And it it was just amazing. They they literally cut a line between us and them so that these chuds could safely leave the city. Wow. And did they give you guys dispersal orders immediately? It was a lot of uh, standing and waiting around. Uh-huh. It was weird. Uh, it they, 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 they drew their line pretty much right around uh, was that the Terry Shrunk Plaza. That's still technically federal land. It's also known as the Piss Park if you've ever been downtown after, <laughs> after dark. <laughs> that action. makes sense. Um, so they, they line up. They're protecting you know, their, their federal buildings, and they're like, oh, you got, basically, we're here to protect property. This is federal building. There was one instance without warning or provocation, they fired off maybe about like 20 rounds of the powdery pepper balls that just sting the skin, make it hard to breathe. They choke you out. It's God awful. If it gets in your eyes. Um, and they were not aiming them at people. They were aiming them and into the trees at the stop signs and at like the street lights. Above the oh wow! Just so it rained down on all of you. In just clumps, it started raining down. Um, me being a dumbass, uh, my gas mask wasn't in a bag, so the second that I put it on, I shot myself in the face <laughs> with a bunch of oh, this wow. military-grade powdered pepper spray. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. That should speak volumes to uh, how good I am at all of this. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I've definitely made my mistakes like that, you know, on the ground, especially with that instance. So what so what happens? You you guys standing around a lot, they start hitting you above with pepper balls. Are you then given dispersal orders and all of you leave or what you know? It just it got to a point where people were like, you know what, this is pointless. You know, there's supposed to be an action tonight. It's already probably going to get canceled. People are worn out. People were tired. And it was successful. You kicked the fascists out of town. Oh, yeah. We got them to run. Um, But, yeah, we were eventually – it just – it was kind of a mix of, like, cops coming up and being like, you guys you guys got to fucking go. Like, get out of here. Move. People getting pushed around. People, like, going up to the riot line and yelling at them. And they were, like, stone guardians for a while. They did that weird change of shift thing where like 20 of them would go in, 20 of them would come mm-hmm. back. And it was weird. So me and my AG, we just, we were like, all right, let's pack it up. The chuds are gone. That was what we came here to do. I'm not fighting cops right now. Been out here for like six hours. I'm tired. Yeah. I want a shot in a beer. And there you go. You got the shot in the beer. And so the next week you yeah. weren't, you weren't out there for what happened next, but um, the next week they returned back to Portland. Was it the same, like the exact same groups of people, the exact same people that we know? Well, what it was slated as is that it was supposed to be, um, the Trump caravan, mm-hmm. the MAGA dragon so, interstate folks. Yep. And they met out in Gresham. Uh, there's actually a good video. I, I will, I'll probably talk about it afterwards of uh, Chandler Pappas and another individual being absolutely fucking shit-faced, like play fighting in a parking lot before they even got in their trucks to drive out here. Um, That night, I was not on the ground. What had happened was they drove in. They came right through Southeast. Uh, They were turning through like the Morrison Bridge. 
And at that point, I was like, all right, yeah, this is actually a thing. Let's get the group together. Let's make a plan real quick, and let's get geared up and, and, and move out. Well, about an hour, I mean, you got to take your time and, and do these things. We're, we're loaded. We're ready to hop in. And we're getting a ride down there. And uh, a friend of mine stops me and goes, hey, somebody was just shot. And this is maybe 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night. And I look at everybody, about three or four other people with me, and I'm like, all right, do we want to go down there? It's officially hot. And everybody just shook their head. They're like, nope. They're like, no way. Somebody just got shot. We are staying home for the night. Wow. Yeah, that's that's heavy shit. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I want to I give my little side story, which is that when I first heard the news about Rhinel having shot Danielson, um, I was actually in jail for the night. <laughs> was arrested, part of a protest, <laughs> you know, got booked for the night, got bailed out, and there was a crowd of people out there giving us jail support. But there was there was a lot of emotion and a lot of fear. I mean, everybody was because we were all activists, organizers out there every day. And for us, I mean, just to hear that this, I mean, people were like, "Are, are we headed into a civil war? Like, is this it?" <laughs> Uh, yeah it, it it honestly felt that way it it was one of those things that you never want to see happen it's it's a bunch of people who have a, a highly opposed ideology to just about anybody that's even a monochrome center centrist centrist or whatever they, they just they oppose everything it's so far that to the right they come in None of them live in this community, and they terrorize. It doesn't matter if you're an anti-fascist. It doesn't matter if you could be whatever. They will fuck with you. If they have nobody else to mess with, they will definitely go after you. I tell this to people all the time. They're like, oh, we'll just leave them alone. Yeah. Like, No, the dissent in trying to organize resistance to these people is something I feel very much over here that I know exists in Portland. I'm actually having conversations with somebody in Portland who's saying, the exact same thing, right? Leave them alone. Leave them alone. We wouldn't have the violence without somebody coming out. And that's not true. It's just not true. I mean, we see that they commit hate crimes outside of bars, outside of restaurants. I mean, they'll just, they'll do anything. And honestly, it's partially because their view is just bigotry. <laughs> it's just not liking gay people and treating them with disrespect at a restaurant, you know, which in and of itself is, is harm. And then they, they, yeah, then they extended to actually actually assaulting people. I mean, Jeremy Christian killed two people on a fucking train. This is this is what they do. Absolutely. It's pure hatred and bigotry. When I was talking earlier about the video of Chandler Pappas, the guy he was arguing with in this parking lot, well, when I first saw it, it looked like they were arguing. Uh, they were kind of play fighting. Pappas had his shirt off and, you know, doing that, that weird white boy thing where you tuck it into the back of your pants or Yikes. whatever they're like play they're, they're like they're wrestling well that's the guy that they called jay and that's the guy who got shot that night and they are both visibly heavily intoxicated in this wow <laughs> and yeah it's it's that's the mentality yeah. like yeah dude I, I like a beer on the front line but i'm also not going to get wasted mm -hmm. it's it's no, thing. it's very much a thing. I want to say that in the in the anti-fascist action we've done out in Olympia, allegedly, the amount of times that the, the people who are willing to fight are often heavily intoxicated. Like, you can tell they're drunk. You can tell they're on meth or something. You know, they're, like, it, it, it's wild out here. Like, it's very visible that those people it, of the fascists are doing that, you know, um, whereas, no, we are pretty responsible about a, like, actual action, you know? <laughs> And so, so tell me a little exactly. bit about Jay. I'm curious because, you know, I've heard that people talk a lot about Aaron J. Danielson and the right loves to commemorate him now as a victim. Um, but what are his ties? I mean, what, what did he do before all of this went down? Well, this is where things get kind of fucky. You see, Jay wasn't even this guy's name. He was Aaron mm -hmm. Danielson. I don't think he ever went by Jay. I think that the right made up this whole thing to be like, that was our friend. We were just out drinking with him last night because when they found a picture 
of a Patriot Front member who had been confrontational years in the past at waterfront gatherings that they had had. It looks very much like this Aaron Danielson guy, but his name was Jay something. I can't remember the specific on that last name. If you see the pictures, they they look there's a there's a striking resemblance there. No. But it wasn't him. <laughs> so when they were questioned about this, they're like, "Oh, well, we used to we used to call him Jay. Like that's that's our that's our nickname for him." I lied. A fascist yeah, lie. Surprise. One hundred percent. May he I rest think, in piss. Absolutely. I I believe, you know, my personal opinion is that this Aaron J character was somebody who was probably coming around to their events was more than likely, you know, definitely a Patriot type, probably had ties to Patriot front, maybe the proud boys, who knows? Um, I'm pretty sure somebody could figure out (laughs) exactly who he had ties with. Um, I, I think they just randomly met him. And he came out to more and more events, and he just got in with a bad crew. If you watch the video of when he was shot, him and Chandler Pappas were running around just macing people. Like, just Mm -hmm. going like kids in a fucking candy store. Well, when you go to grab something out of your pocket, and you go to bear mace somebody, it looks like you're about ready to pull a gun on somebody. Well, he pulled a canister of bear mace on the wrong person that's and exactly what happened <laughs> yeah you got two shots shot. ring out you don't do that but... taken care of and i will say that to me you know i mean we all know aaron j danielson got what he deserved because honestly he wasn't just carrying bear spray and using that he had a baton in his back pocket he had a gun in his waistband and four clips of ammo in his pocket so this man was obviously looking for like a real murder or something, you know, and I feel like Michael Reinel as a security person would be able to tell a person like that is, you know, somebody to pull a gun on. For sure. And it's, it's one of those things, even me and with what I carry, I, I keep a baton, you know, it, it's my, it's an everyday carry. Mm-hmm. I keep it behind me. That is something that I always have to be mindful of. If I go to reach for something, it's like, well, let me show you what I'm going for. It's it's just wrong place, wrong yep. time. And what's even weirder about everything that played out with this man's death is that originally uh, anti-fascist street medics came to the rescue. And there's uh, that video of Chandler Papa screaming in their face do something, do something. Why aren't you saving him? Save him. And they're like, we're trying, bro. They were already getting ready to do, I believe, like probably chest seal and compression and getting him at least to stabilize. Everybody forgets that human beings are literally water balloons full of blood. And once punctured, it just keeps Mm -hmm. going. So... About 15 of these riot cops come up seeing this man who has just been shot and they escort the anti-fascist medical workers away from this person. And I don't know if you've ever met a street medic before, but they are well-trained and vetted. And it's saved me a few times Mm -hmm. on a few things. They know what they're doing out there. I I personally knew uh, a few people that were ex-EMT and medical staff and such that had volunteered to do street medic work. So I trust them when somebody runs over and says, yes, I can do this. The reasoning behind these cops moving away, the anti-fascist street medics, they probably thought that this guy on the ground was an anti-fascist. It took an ambulance, I believe, five minutes, maybe longer, to show up before they So the police moved them away thinking, oh, let's let this anti-fascist die. Absolutely. That is that is my reasoning behind that. And in that time, whatever little bit of work or pressure or something might have been able to save that person's life. Wow. Wow. And so, yeah, and, you know, uh, President Donald Trump made it clear to move to Michael Reinel, you know, being having been shot three days later after running to up near where I'm at, Lacey, Washington, Thurston County. 
Um, you know, after a federal execution, we heard about two weeks later from Donald Trump himself that it was retribution for the killing of a patriot who was Aaron J. Danielson. So, uh, well, you know, um, let's let's go ahead and talk about next. Uh, I mean, Portland has obviously been the scene of some real battles and many confrontations, many big events around anti-fascism, around fascist activity. I mean, for, we know that uh, the Pacific Northwest specifically has a large problem with extremist patriots, with the Proud Boys, things like that. Um, and they choose to target Portland because it's a, quote, leftist stronghold, you know, or at the very least has a strong leftist culture. And so now um, we're looking at 2021. It's been about a year later. Things have, I mean, things have developed since then. Obviously, there, there's just so much to talk about, right? Um, we've had multiple confrontations between the fascists and the anti-fascists in Salem at the Church of the Planned Parenthood. Um, and since that time, I mean, Olympia was full of a huge anti-democracy movement by the fascists that was shut down by Antifa. Um, and it was pretty successful, I will say, on being shut down. But now we're talking about this year, and we know we, we, we'd uh, heard you in the podcast earlier mention an Audra Price. And so Audra Price is announcing a new event for August 22nd. Can you tell me what, what their exact messaging is? Oh, God. I, I saw the flyer for the first time about two days ago. We already knew that you know, through some back channels and seeing some of their posts that they were planning this thing. Uh, <laughs> this flyer is like one of the most god awful things <laughs> I've ever seen. It's like a trippy tie dye, like hippy dippy swirl background with like a hippy dippy Volkswagen bug on it, and it says like the Summer of Love Fest. No way. I don't know where they get off of this. Let me see if I can find the, yeah, let me pull this up. The actual text oh my on God. It, what it reads. Because last year, I just want to say yeah, last year, the thing that Audra Price and Swinney organized was a, uh, a rally against Marxism, right? Yeah. Exactly. This one that I'm, I'm reading from the flyer verbatim here. It's a summer of love in quotes, united we stand, divided we fall. August 22nd, 2 p.m. Tom McCall Waterfront Park. There's some text below that, which is the address for Tom McCall Waterfront Park. But the background is so blown out, saturated with all these colors, you can't read the text. And then below that, it says, Patriots spreading love, not hate. And then right below that, it says, Special guest speakers. That's special it. guest speakers. So we don't have any idea who these special guest speakers are? Uh, no, there's no list on it. Honestly, this thing looks like it was thrown together by a, a freshman Photoshop class person. Nobody has it's ever accused the fascists of being well good at graphic design. That's <laughs> God. But yeah, so August 22nd, uh, this is what they're organizing. And I mean, I guess we will see who's uh-huh. speaking that day. Uh, yeah, why don't you, I mean, do you have some tips for people who are deciding to come and join the people of Portland and defending the town? Yeah, I mean, what I've been telling people is if you don't want these people in your community, show up. You do not have to be in the front lines. You do not have to fight. You will be protected. There will be people there who will make sure to try and guarantee your safety as best as possible. I personally won't say that your safety is guaranteed because there's no telling what could happen. But I know plenty of people that are coming out in not full block, maybe like half block or or just kind of uh, gray block even, and doing mutual aid, trying to just blend and help and show that there are numbers in mass standing behind all of these anti-fascists. There's supposed to be food, zines, you know, a good gathering of, of people pretty much just trading info and meeting one another, maybe expanding affinity groups, things like that. Building our networks. If you... Absolutely. And if that's something you want to go to, check it out. And if chuds show up and you don't like it, go stand in the back and watch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 
it's it's one of those things. But everybody needs to be there. I you mean, know, that's, you, regardless of what your stance and role is in this, like you need to be there. You don't have to be an anarchist or a communist. You can be. <laughs> you can even be a liberal. Yeah. It's fine. You know, as long as you oppose chuds and this this bigotry and hate, get your ass out there. You know, maybe this will change your opinion on the leave them alone mm-hmm. rhetoric. You know, maybe once you see for yourself that this is happening, <laughs> these people attack unprovoked. It's it's a hornet's nest that they are kicking themselves, and it's wild. Yeah, I mean, it's um, their love. They love yeah, to play and, persecution. They love to pretend they're persecuted. Everything they've done. So oh, yeah. I mean, with that, I lost my oh, I lost my question on that part. But August twenty second, um, in the context mm-hmm. of, of larger things, we do want to talk real quick about. Um, I'm sure you you've seen that QAnon has announced a series of rallies in August and September, leading up to a major event. And Portland is kind of the first the first part of this in the Pacific Northwest. Um, fascists out here have been starting to organize again openly against the vaccine. Uh, and that's been kind of their uniting factor led by like QAnon conspiracies and bullshit they read online along with their evangelical Christianity. But, you know, what's concerning is that, uh, I mean, specifically with August 22nd, we saw last year the amount of QAnon extremists, right? Yes, they're flying their banners with their... How much of the crowd would you say was QAnon? Ooh, uh, I could say at least five carloads because when I showed up with some friends, we parked in one of the uh, parking structures and we got out and I looked over and all the cars had save our children, you know, the where we go one bullshit. And I was like, hey, we got to park somewhere else, like right now. Like we got to go. Uh, I, I would, yeah, it's easily five carloads, which doesn't seem like much. You know they had other friends, and that was only one park spot. Yeah, only the only one um, I've been able to see. Easy. Yeah, I'd say like an easy like fifteen to twenty percent. Bunch of Q shirts, wow. bunch of Q flags. Um, yeah. yeah, so this is definitely. Uh, yeah, the question that I had for you, and this kind of relates to this, is what are we expecting for numbers on their side? Do we have any clue? God, I. In an ideal world their numbers would be less than ours. That's the only thing I can hope for. I would say, God, it could be anywhere from 20 to 40 of them show up and maybe a few of them are just like, oh, gotcha, it was a prank. Look, we got everybody downtown. Or 500 of them could show up. You know, if there's, there's no telling what size it is. Personally, I am preparing for them to just be in mass large mm-hmm. numbers. Well, that's what that's what we have to prepare for. This could be, and they want this to be an anniversary and a repeat of last year, right? So, everybody who chooses to go down on Sunday needs to be fully prepared for what role they choose to accept. And if you are somebody that doesn't want to be on the front lines again, you don't have to be on the front lines. You know, you could be part of mutual aid. You could be part of just watching the, I mean, getting some zines and watching what's going on. But we need observers at least. We need people who can, who can witness what what happens that day. Um, and yeah, so, you know, in regards to the QAnon thing that we were talking about, QAnon has announced a series of rallies leading up to September 18th. That's when the fascists intend to return to the U.S. Capitol for an event called Justice for January 6th, whatever the fuck that means, right? So, yeah, no, it's concerning, comrades. It really is. We're at, we're at the point where we're seeing, I mean, already today there was a man out in front of what he thought was the U.S. Capitol building, but was actually just the Library of Congress with, like, threatening people with a bomb. (laughs) And not just any bomb. I watched and caught some of the video from that live stream as it was happening. He claimed to have something like hundreds of pounds of ammonium nitrate, which is stuff that brought down, like, you're looking at, like, the Oklahoma Mm -hmm. City bombing or the uh, early 90s World Trade Center bombings. This guy was... Yeah. ready to go yeah and i mean this is we're, we live in a different time and things are things are changing where we need more comrades and more anti-fascists to be ready because to me i mean from what i'm witnessing 
the chuds, the fascists, they're all organizing again and they're going fast and they have, they have something in mind, a big event that they're going for. So let's do what we can to shut them down on August 22nd. Like, and I'll be there and I will see you on the ground, David. I'm very excited to return back to Portland, one of my favorite cities, but probably my favorite city to be honest. Yeah, always, uh, <laughs> always uh, excited to have you. It's always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting on the ground. I haven't been out in a little while now and it's concerning. But yeah, this is the time when people say all out. It means all out. For sure. Well, uh, is there anything else we need to talk about on this on August 22nd? Just be prepared. I would say, you know, a good idea right now, if you are going out, get your gear in check as soon as possible. Make sure you have everything that you need. Pick the role that you want so you're not bringing in overabundance of gear. You know, like if you want to be on the front line, get your helmet, get your pads, get your gas masks, get whatever you think you're going to need to be up there. You know, if you want to run mutual aid, get with an AG that does mutual aid. If you want to sit in the back, you know, make sure that you're appropriately dressed for that situation and that, you know, all your gear works. I, I just ran through my gear check today and found out that uh, the sweatshirt that I had, tried it on, looked at myself in the mirror and was like, oh, I got paint <laughs> all over it. So yeah, now yeah. I need to go grab a new one. And yeah, so just, just little things like that, you know, clean out your bag, make sure you got what you want. Uh, one thing that was brought to my attention today is that a lot of these chuds are now favoring a very specific kind of weird weapon. And that is the metal canteen water bottle hmm. and what they do is they hold that thing and they it's full of water probably about 32 ounces or so and there's like almost steel i can't remember the name of the company that makes them but they have a little handle on them and they put their fist up and they have it right behind their forearm and they just swing that thing as hard as they can and i've seen instances of this in los angeles where people have gotten their arms broken by those things wow so if you're gonna if you're going to intend to block a shot from that a club, a baton, if that arm goes up, you're not using it for a while. I recommend like a small buckler-esque shield or even some sports padding on one arm at the very least. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all good things to note because I am somebody that intends to be on the front line. As the anti-fascist press I am, I feel like that's my role, so... And I have to, uh, I'll be doing tomorrow, all getting all my gear in order, getting what I need and preparing because this is going to be a ride. Also, regarding a ride, I want to bring it back to Olympia or let's, let's say Stechas or so-called Olympia, Washington, just for a little bit. We're not going to do this at the end of every episode or anything like that um, anymore now that we got David on as a co-host, which I'm very excited for. Um, but we do want to talk about Olympia, Washington for a second. Because we have it confirmed now that Renee Hughes, she is the mother of a local proud boy who has been trying to organize like rallies. And she is organizing now the anti-masking rallies at the Capitol. Um, but they intended to do a day-long Saturday grill at, at the Nisqually Bar and Grill over near Lacey, right? And it got canceled. It got canceled. They, they were saying that they were going from... Uh, from Olympia to Sandy, Oregon, to join David and Eric Olkers, uh, Nazis, for a flags up for Ashley Babbitt type event, a family event. Now, uh, you know, we don't have it. We don't totally know because this was like a day-long pregame and then a ride down to Sandy, Oregon that they had planned. We don't entirely know as to whether or not, I mean, this has been fully canceled, right? They could still be going on their own. However, um, we have it through some back channels, allegedly, that it sounds like Renee is trying to actually go down to Portland on the 22nd. So just, uh, yeah, and with Renee, what that means is because she has her fucking son who's a part of this little hate group, these pieces of shit, the capital city piss boys, who we've talked about way too many times, because these little fuckers won't go away. Nate Cisneros is one of them. These these pieces, these losers are going down to Portland. They're, they sound like they're going to try to join this day of domestic terror. So, 
you know, those are some faces to watch out for. Watch the videos that I have on my page of Nate Cisneros and his dumbass mutton chops. And just be prepared because we might have to face some capital, some like local Olympians choosing to come down to commit domestic terror. So, yeah, just just a side note on that. Event's been canceled, luckily, but we'll see where that goes. <laughs> I, I will say about the uh, the flags up for Ashley Babbitt uh, mm-hmm. event that's supposed to be happening. Um, <laughs> there's a pie eating contest. It's yeah, so yeah. flyer. That is, that's just, it's too true to form for me. I can't tell if it's art imitating light, life, or life imitating. Who knows? Who knows? Because that's what, you know, that's what we've been discussing. That's what anti-fascists around the area are fucking curious about, is whether or not all these fascists are really going to hold this, like, pie-eating contest in, in family event led by literal Nazi, like, a Nazi murderer. He killed somebody in the 80s. He was part of the East Side White Pride. Like, this... So I, I don't I, I don't know. <laughs> it is a little bit too good to be true. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say in regard to Oligers, uh, the killing that happened, it happened in 1988 here in mm-hmm. southeast Portland, um, right over off of uh, 32nd and Pine. Um, there is actually a good podcast called It Did Happen Here. And they profile it in detail. Yeah, it's a it's the news network. Um, the both of us will definitely give a thumbs up on it. Did happen here podcast? Like everybody should listen. Kind of was the inspiration. Like as I'm, you know, do, as we're doing Antifa news, that's kind of the inspiration of like who who are the people that did the work to build anti-fascism in the Pacific Northwest? It's just such a great podcast. Yeah, it is. It's very great. And so, um, let's see. Well, it seems like we're at the end of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in, comrades. But we did want to do a special thing, David, if you're up for it. All right. Yeah. So, you know, weekly we want to do, or however, I, I can't promise it's going to be weekly, but, you know, whenever we put out an Antiva News podcast, we want to end it with Andy Knows No Knows because he's a sack of shit. Who, David, give me a little rundown of Andy No, if you can just say it in the simplest way to tell our listeners who he is. Uh, the first thing you should know is that he, sometime around 2019, adopted a fake British accent. <laughs> Love that. It, I, I did this, I was watching a bunch of stuff on it last night, and I was just like, oh my god. It's, it's actually true. I thought I was going crazy hearing this fake British accent. This is a reporter that went to PSU that is a very instrumental movement for the far right. Anything he posts is taken as fact. It is reposted and run through the machine. He shows up on Fox News constantly. Uh, 45 would retweet him. Uh he makes kill lists for Adam Waffen. That's the best way to explain it. The second he doxes somebody, you have these high-end Nazi groups that go, all right, put him on the list. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) what more could you say? He's a fucking scumbag, and he's profiting off this. He's profiting off the deaths of anti-fascists. There's at least five cases of anti-fascist death that can be traced right back to him and things that he has said. He's also been known to have, uh, what is that? I think he was uh, part of the people who organized the uh, 2019 Cider Riot uh, incident as well, because he was there. So was the Cider Riot incident when he got milkshaked, allegedly? No. No. Uh, I believe the milkshaking was in, was that 2018 or 2019? I can't remember what's up, man. But yeah, he definitely (laughs) did get milkshaked. Um, the Cider Riot incident was when Tiny and crew, I think it was like Tiny, Haley, uh, probably Willis, and Andy now, they tried going to like three or four different locations and starting shit with people, and they got kicked the fuck out. Well, if anybody remembers Cider Riot, Cider Riot it was uh, kind of, it, it was an anti-fascist cider bar. They were a brewery there, a lot of uh, known anti-fascists hung out there. I mean, their logo, if you saw it, it was very obvious what that place was. 
there's really good video of them convening around a block and talking about like what they want to go do. And like, yeah, let's go crack some skulls. Let's go in there. Like, let's let's fuck these people up. And that's what they did. They got confrontational. Um, one person was hit in the back of the head with a baton and required uh, multiple rounds of surgery. There was just, I mean, you could do a we whole will. episode. We will do a whole episode on this incident because I'd love to learn all about it. But, but with Andy, no, this is the type of person he is. I mean, there's multiple incidents, not even just this. There are multiple incidents of Andy No being on the ground with white supremacists and literally discussing what they're going to do and pretending somehow he's some kind of unbiased journalist. Because that's what pisses me off about this. It's like the same thing I deal with with this guy named Jason Borey in a Bard's Eye News in the area. All these conservatives love to tell you they're unbiased, right? But they just hate the left. And let's talk about, and honestly, none of them are really that unbiased because we'll talk about Andy No. Andy No No Knows. We're going to talk about all the terrible things throughout as many episodes as it takes. And honestly, I could go on this show forever and we could never run out of his stuff. But every bad thing <laughs> that Andy No has ever done. You want to start, David? Uh, I would say, first and foremost, uh, just as <laughs> shitty journalism. That that's me. Bad. That's simple. That's this yeah. is plain and simple. Dumb. Uh, you know, I would say my my least favorite thing Andy No does is how often he will comment on any journalist having a quote fake press pass. Like <laughs> this man has. It, there are so many incidents on the ground of this man having a fake press pass. So he's just a liar. Yeah, uh, I mean, he instigates fights, even on the ground. There was an incident where he went, quote-unquote, undercover in Black Block. And once he was discovered, he got ran out, ran into the Nines Hotel lobby in downtown Portland, hid under their desk, grabbed their phone, called the cops, and started screaming that he was going to be murdered, that he was being attacked. Nobody touched him. It was quite possibly... (laughs) That, that picture of him under the desk cowering. I'll never get past it. That's how, that's how I want to remember him forever. I don't like, think you I ever will. I want to see him any other way. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'll end it with uh, my least favorite thing. You know, we're going to talk about this real quick because this is a little more in-depth, but it is something we've been dealing with with the network. So uh, there's this great great city council candidate. And of course, you know, abolition in our times, of course, I want to abolish politicians. But there's this one really great woman who has been fighting for justice for her aunt, Yvonne McDonald, who was murdered by the city in 2018. And they've tried to cover it up since then. Now, as she's been running, um, well, she's a friend of mine in the community, Talana Reed. I encourage everybody to vote for her because, you know, we're both activists. We're just in the scene together. We talk from time to time, right? And holy shit, Andy No and Katie Davis Cord, you guys, they're, they're claiming that Antifa News Network is an official part of the Talana Reed campaign, that she's tied herself to a domestic extremist, a, or sorry, a violent domestic extremist, if you will. Um, and, you know, all these articles are based off of just sheer lies, because that's what Andy No does with his fucking journalism, is it's just made up stories, literally made up stories. And we just want to be clear. We're not part of the Antifa. I mean, we're not. We are part. Sorry, I'm part of the Antifa News Network. <laughs> Antifa News <laughs> Network is not a part of Talana Reed's campaign. All that happened was that Miguel allegedly showed up to some fucking protests where Talana Reed was speaking about the death of her aunt and recorded her speaking, and then published that shit because that's what journalists do. Good on you, Jesus. <laughs> Anything else for you, David? I'm good. All right. I think, you know, we'll have a lot more to talk about. Fuck Andy, no. Yeah, fuck Andy, every no. Time. All right. Well, comrades, thank <laughs> yeah. you for tuning in. This has been the Antifa News Podcast. I'm your host, Miguel, allegedly. And joining me is... David, fuck also yeah. allegedly. I mean, honestly, we can, we can call you David, allegedly, right. if you want. <laughs> All right. All right. Sure, well, not? yeah, thank you very much for officially joining the network. Um, we're really excited to have you on, and we're really excited to have a correspondence between Portland and Olympia. Because honestly, all of our cities in the Pacific Northwest, especially with what's coming, 
with the terror threats that are coming, it's time for all of us to work fucking together. Yes, I, I couldn't, say, couldn't have said it better. Like, we really, really need to get, as I always like to say, get our fucking poop in a group and just get more and more organized and be able to just have a good community, like a, a very thought-out, well-planned community. Well, cheers. Thanks, comrades. Cheers. Thank you, David. Thank you. Uh, stay safe, and if you can't stay Fuck safe, yeah. uh, stay so. dangerous. All right.